Spring is in the air at Littleton Coin Company, and we want to help you brighten your collection. Visit us at littletoncoin.com all month long to enjoy 15% off your purchase. With a wide selection of coins, paper money, supplies, and more, Littleton Coin Company has something for every collector's taste. Use promo code SPRING at littletoncoin.com for 15% off your purchase all month long. Restrictions apply. Littleton Coin Company. Serving collectors since 1945. Hey, Alyssa. Hey, Sam. Are you ready? <laughs> yes. Stuck at the office or traffic jam. Time to take it easy with Alyssa and Sam. It's that show you know. A okay. So, first of all, I just have to talk about how sick I am right now. <laughs> <laughs> I just feel like everybody needs to know that I'm I have... slowly dying. Yeah, I have like the... I mean, not the... I, I have a minor flu. <laughs> I have the world's worst sickness, okay? <laughs> yeah. Um, but anyway, if you guys are wondering why I sound congested, oh, chronic sinusitis and also the flu. <laughs> yeah. So just congestion is the reason for her sounding congested. <laughs> General congestion. Yeah. Okay, um... Today, I wanted to talk about something okay. that I'm really passionate about, actually, Okay, but I tried to keep pretty non-biased, so um, feel free to jump in okay. at any point with your comments or questions, and hopefully I'll have the answers for them, but I, again, I'm not a political sciences major, so okay. we'll see how it goes. Okay, so today what I want to talk about is um, millennials. Ooh. Yeah. So when I was researching this, I kind of wanted to figure out a couple things. A, what the fuck is a millennial? <laughs> <laughs> and B, why does everybody hate us? <laughs> what sparked this for you? Um, honestly, I started thinking about the podcast and like what we were going to kind of talk about. And I was trying to think about kind of, I don't know, things that grind my gears that I want to talk about. And I often am out and hear people saying things like, oh, sorry, I'm a millennial, or, like, other people saying, like, oh, those millennials, and I'm like, what the fuck, dude? Mm -hmm. I never heard that when we were growing up. Yeah. I never heard, like, oh, those baby boomers, or, like, ugh, the silent generation. <laughs> yeah. Like, oh, why are we the ones getting all of this hate, I guess? Yeah. Um. So, yeah. Do you have any, like, thoughts? Pre Preliminary thoughts? Yeah, precursors to this. Do you even care? <laughs> um, I think, like, my feeling about it is that I know what I think of our generation and I feel like I don't care what other people think of our generation because I am right. Um, <laughs> just because I think, I think I don't care because it's like what your opinion of me is doesn't affect reality. Right. And so I think like a lot of what I see being talked about concerning millennials is, you know, like this like idea of them being lazy or like not spending their money properly. Um, but if you're going to be a realistic human being and look at things like inflation and look at things like how different the housing market is for us versus for, you know, even our parents' generation, mm -hmm. then I think, you know, you could come to understand why things are the way that they are. Right. I wish that I was like you. <laughs> why? <laughs> because I wish that I could not let what other people say annoy me. Mm. Like, when I hear these things, it does bother me. I'm like, how dare you? I want you to be well-informed so that you can make well-informed accusations at me. Yeah. But uh, do you think – I mean, we're probably going to get into this. Do you think that the majority outside of the millennial range actually feels that way about millennials? I don't know about the majority. Mm. I shouldn't say. But, I mean, I do feel that way. Because of what I see on, on the internet and what I hear about. and Let me tell you a little something about the internet. <laughs> <laughs> the angriest ones are the loudest. That's for sure. <laughs> that is true. Um, I guess the main reason that I feel this way is because I've never heard of another generation being talked about this way. Yeah. So that's why I feel like it, it is the majority okay. that thinks this way. Just because of like what I'm hearing around and like the colloquial like use of yeah. millennial right as um and as a negative like when I brought it up to somebody to get an unbiased opinion from when I asked the question uh what are your thoughts on millennials their response was I don't blame them <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> I mean if that doesn't tell you yeah. something right there 
Um, okay, so for let's let's just start at the beginning of my research. I did research this for a couple hours this morning. Okay. Again, I just want to make the disclaimer. Okay, I try to make well informed and rounded you know, opinions. opinions and stuff like that. But I'm also not perfect. Um, I did try to get all of my information from like Census, Government Canada. Incredible and, sources. Yeah, exactly. And like BBC and Business Insider and, and places that I view as credible. Yeah. However, you know, not perfect. Not a journalist. Take not, it with a grain of salt. Exactly. Do your own research. That's, I mean, that's just a good habit to follow anyway. Okay. So let's talk about generations in general. Okay. And again, stop me if you have any questions or if you have comments. So my first question when I was researching this is, why do we label generations? Because I was like, why do we do this? Mm. Like, I don't get it. And so what I came across is that it creates some sort of community <laughs> for a group of people. Okay. Um, reason being is because it's used by marketers, the government, and yeah. the media, right? And uh, another big one is that it's uh, possibly the existence of generational traits to help teachers better educate children. Oh. Yeah, that was an interesting thought for me. <laughs> but that's so, oh, I'm so angry. <laughs> I Go think, on. <laughs> I think, um, I think, wow, I think that's such bullshit because I don't think that, like, public schooling has changed at all to reflect the times. Like, I think, I mean, then again, like, my dad went to a school where, like, they would literally like his teachers would literally beat kids so maybe right. it has changed a little bit <laughs> yeah um but I don't feel like the the thing that I get most frustrated with when I went to school and like now being an adult is that I feel like I didn't learn like any real life skill while I was in school which was really frustrating for me because like when it came to like learning how to pay my taxes um frankly that I even needed to pay taxes like you know that that wasn't like something that we talked about or even skimmed the surface on right like we didn't talk about how to file like GST all that kind of stuff mm -hmm. um and you know things like even just like what you should be doing when you're moving into your first apartment like doing walkthroughs with a landlord different crap like that like we didn't talk about any of these things and to me I'm like fuck why yeah I'm mad we made <laughs> I'm livid. Yeah. Uh, that is true. I've made very many a cover letter, and I do not believe that I've ever attached a cover letter to a resume. Yeah. And I would say I was a quite successful millennial. Thank you very much. Um, okay, so that's all I came across for why we label the generations. Um, I'm going to quickly go through some of the generations just because I, I'm going to kind of source them throughout. So the greatest generation notice the title ain't nobody talking about the greatest generation saying i don't blame them okay yeah 1910 to 1924 so that was the generation that won world war ii because they would have been of adult age yeah. okay um or their labor aided in the victory and this set the u.s on its way into becoming a world power basically mm. um so the youngest person in that generation would be 95 today and then came the silent generation and I couldn't really find a whole lot about the silent generation. It was really interesting. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but what I did find was basically that um, they were really scared to speak up um, and stuff like that. Like they kind of just <laughs> flew under the radar for the most yeah. part, I guess. I think what happened in the silent generation, again, just speculating, um, is everybody was kind of still reeling and trying to rebuild after the war, yeah. basically. But then all the soldiers were coming home from war, making babies with the silent generation. Ergo, the baby boomers. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so uh, the baby boomers were born uh, from 1946 to 1964, and they inherited a world ripe with promise. Oh, my that mom was just barely slipped under the freaking into the baby boomers. Oh, really? Yeah, 1963. Yeah, my mom. Sorry, mom, if you don't like your yeah, no. age discussion. My mom did, too. We'll sell yeah. them both out. Yeah. <laughs> um, that was also a quote that I, I quoted that quote, but I can't remember where I got it from. Is that illegal? What? Am I supposed to, like, quote? things when i use quotes or is that only in academic papers i think it's probably fine okay anyway sorry to whoever said that <laughs> um so the baby boomer name is obviously named after the spike in babies after the world war um interesting just a little tidbit 
there were 74 million baby boomers as opposed to like Fuck. yeah dude the, and all of these uh, like most of this is from the u.s i have a question yes oh okay wow you just answered my question sorry <laughs> yeah because i was just gonna say like do they apply like this generational thing to like people in europe and like africa and like different places like different continents as well or no i did see some stuff about like immigration that mm-hmm. it, it upped the um it upped the amount of baby boomers because of people immigrating to the u.s oh yeah yeah yeah. but i actually don't know okay that was not part of my research well maybe for next time yeah exactly god come prepare to listen for <laughs> frick's sake jesus christ yeah but i will say uh all of this data most of this data is uh for the u.s um okay so 74 million baby boomers as opposed to the 68 or so million of like other generations. So that's a that's 6 million more. Like 6 million yeah. more people were being born as a result of the soldiers coming home. They were getting real feisty. Um, and then came, uh, sorry, so the youngest person in the baby boomer will be 55. So the next generation is Generation X, which uh, 1964 to 1980. This is described as latchkey kids. So I had to look up the term latchkey. Um, And those are children who were home alone without their parents, especially after school while their parents were at work. So typically unsupervised and like had to fend for themselves. Interesting. That is interesting. keep that in your mind because I feel like Generation X is the one that hates on millennials the most. So Generation X is latchkey. Yes. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah. Or or also called Gen X. Uh, That sounds like it would be on like a, a... uh what's that called science fiction yeah yeah gen x um and then gen xers are said to accept social diversity and strive for a world not centered around work do you think so no (laughs) (laughs) but this is un um, personally unbiased research but no i don't think that i don't think that this is the thing though i think that they were more likely to accept social diversity than the baby boomers yeah right because if we're thinking about going through history yeah yeah they probably would be the first so the youngest gen x or would be 39 and then we get into the millennials so if you were born in 1980 to 1996 congratulations you are a millennial so you're in good company my friend (laughs) yeah no kidding i wonder yeah i wonder how many millennials are actually super super successful because i haven't really looked up successful millennials but right here baby yeah Uh, (laughs) So millennials are said to be diverse and, uh, sorry, millennials are said to be a diverse and less religious generation. Yeah. Interesting that they put that in there though. Um, most educated and the first generation to grow up with the internet. Oh yeah, 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 that's true. Which is huge. Yeah, it is. And I think that that really actually does contribute to a lot of the, um, stereotypes and myths around the, uh, around millennials. Oh my god, but it also contributes to the fact that like I honestly think I honestly think that's a huge contributor to why I think millennials are so much more um we are so much more open, I think, and we and we do strive for diversity and we strive for understanding. Like I that's how I feel about the majority of millennials. I feel like most of us want to understand. Most of mm-hmm. us want to be less ignorant. We want to, you know, learn on our own and stuff like that and I think that's like such an awesome trait and I do think that that is in huge part due to growing up with the internet because you do have all this information at your fingertips it's interesting that you say the thing about um being non-religious less religious less religious um (laughs) I attract some really interesting uber drivers and (laughs) um the one time I was down in LA this was last year um I got into the car and the guy that was driving asked if I was a millennial and I was like, yeah. What is he? What a weird, sorry to interrupt you. What a weird thing to ask somebody. Yeah. yeah. Have you ever asked somebody if they are a Gen Xer? No, because I don't need to ask. I, oh. <laughs> <laughs> Burn. Um, but uh, yeah, he asked if I was millennial and, and I was like, oh yeah. And he was like, well, can I ask you a question? And I was like, fucking go hard pal because we got two hours here so i don't really got anywhere else to go i'll be honest um and he was like how do you think i can get more in touch with um your age group spiritually and i was like oh what do you mean oh wait yeah that (laughs) sounded really sweet at first and then i thought about it and i was like "Mm." and then he (laughs) he basically said that he was i believe he said he was a pastor but he was like struggling to um engage like people from the millennial like age range group 
um, to like be part of the church and like want to come to church consistently and like all that kind of stuff. Hmm. And I said, I was like, I think that it's hard with millennials because I think that a large reason why religion was so popular for previous generations was because that was their sense of community. Like that was mm. how people came to, to know people within their community was by going to church. And like, it was a very social thing. It was something that you did to, um, you know, have like common, common people around you, um, that you are familiar with and whatever. Whereas I'm like, our community is online. Mm. So I feel like that kind of like negated the interest in religion a little bit for younger generations because it's like we don't we don't need to go to physical places mm. to feel a sense of community. And I think also um, we're able to find communities that are more targeted to our interests. Right. Rather than having to say, well, I grew up with this like interest, if you want to call a religion that, but I'm not trying to. Um, yeah, of course. Downplay it. Um but, you know, it's, like, rather than, like, it being something that is just kind of a part of your life, like, because that's what you grew up with, and now maybe it resonates with you more because you're older, I think that, like, a lot of a lot of millennials might not even end up learning that much about religion or, like, getting that involved with religion because of the fact that they can find these communities that are more within, like, their interests beyond that. Right. Did you come up with that in the Uber, like, right that second? Your brain thought all that out when he asked that question? Well, I just thought to myself why would kid why do I think kids don't go to church or like people my age don't go to church and that was the first thing that came to my mind is that it was like that and then I said I also think that a lot of people from my generation are um very science-based like we really want to know the why behind things and Mm. I was like I think a lot of kids like my age and like me especially that's how I grew up like I never wanted to just say oh okay that just is because it just is oh this is so interesting um because I talk about this later um, well, actually, so I texted my dad, well, when you like said that we were going to talk about millennials and, um, I texted my mom and my dad to see like what they think. Um, and I was just cause I was curious, like when you were like, let's talk about millennials. I was like, Oh, I wonder what my parents might think. But my mom <laughs> said, I think they're strong. I think they're smart. I think that they can change the world. Your mom is so sweet. Yeah, of course. <laughs> um, and I asked my dad and he said, um, he says that he has a couple that report to him at work and he says that one of him is really timid and not very confident, but he doesn't believe that's a true reflection of most millennials. The other two are probably not as dedicated to the man, um, but they contribute equally and more often are the adventurous ones. They will try things when I challenge them, but the coolest thing I find is when they fail, they tend to stay even and are not discouraged. High energy, but I guess that could be youth as that never really changes. They are typically outgoing and more approachable. Going back to dedicated, I don't mean it in a bad way. I have always told all my staff to look out for yourself because no one else does. I think most of you truly get that. I think the lasting effect will be mostly just that. People who are caring but go their own path and not be so concerned about pleasing everyone else. And I think that's so true. because it I, is. And, I, and I think that that's a large part of why people might have stepped away from religion as well, which I said to that guy. is I was like, I think that there's so many people that are just they're asking the questions they're not just saying okay Mm -hmm. that's what you told me so that's what it is kind of thing like a lot of them I think a lot of us are are more like but why 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 do we believe that why is this this way like why whatever and I think that a lot of the times that leads them away from things that are typically very traditional like religion and stuff like that Mm -hmm. and then more towards you know less traditional everything yeah Okay, so that being said, I wanted to look up some negative descriptors. Okay. So I found a couple of websites. I'm pretty sure it was bbc.co.uk. And then uh, (laughs) another one was, I think, Business Insider. Uh, And they said that millennials were privileged. They didn't say that. However, this is where I found the descriptors. So that uh, millennials are described as privileged, cocky, lazy, impatient, spoiled, obsessed with technology, superficial, indecisive, disrespectful, and oversensitive. Hmm. How do you feel about that? Do you agree or disagree? Let me look at those descriptors, please. Okay. We're going to talk a little bit more about them a little bit later, but I'm just going to contest every single one right now, if that's okay with (laughs) you. Privileged, yes, in some ways, but I think that, um, I think that because, like, our parents' generation did grow up with 
honestly quite a bit of privilege like like coming from world war ii into like what they came into kind of thing like that was like Mm -hmm. highly privileged for most people not obviously for everyone um so i think that they look at what they have and they're like you should be so fucking grateful kind of thing Mm -hmm. um cocky confident wait sorry privileged um jen okay so if you're saying like baby wait because the people who would have had to deal with the the war would have been the silent but i'm saying because the silent generation was dealing with the war yeah the baby boomers grew up privileged actually right yes yes and so i think that i don't know i don't have as much of an opinion on that one but cocky i think confident okay is a better way to put that lazy efficient Mm. impatient uh i think that we are just more likely to find a different way that actually might be more effective um spoiled i just blatantly i just don't agree with that even slightly um obsessed with technology i think we utilize it yeah for sure and i think that um i think it is tricky for us to navigate that and i do think that actually is an issue with our generation because we grew up so connected to technology and i mean the generation beneath us is going to be even more fucked with that Mm -hmm. Um, because we grew up so connected to technology i think we do struggle to step away from it because um even like the first time i went down to la and my phone wasn't hooked up i got down there and i was like what what, how do I get around? Yeah, like how, like how the <laughs> fuck do I get in contact with anyone? Like how would they know that I landed? How would they know where to meet me in the airport? Like I'm right. like, how the fuck did anyone do this before? Um, and even just, you know, like not having maps and all that kind of stuff. Um, superficial, I don't agree with. I think that we treat ourselves a lot more than um, generations before us, which, I mean, I guess that could be seen as a, a bad thing. Um, but I do think that... I think we just have more choices. Well, and I think we choose to take those choices. Yeah, exactly. Um, indecisive, I don't agree with at all. Interesting that my uh, consultant <laughs> uh, said that we had um, problems making decisions. I that actually, was one of their biggest, not gripes, but the, the thing that they said was the one of the two things that was wrong with the millennial generation. I don't think we're indecisive. I think we're decisive, which leads to us making a lot of decisions, which I guess you could view as being indecisive. Like, for instance, I think that my dad's generation, for instance, he stays at his job for like 27 years. Right. Whereas I think a lot of millennials jump from job to job to job because which we can actually look are, indecisive. Yeah, but I think it is actually decisiveness because we're being like, no, I don't want to stay at this job, so I'm going to go try something else. Right. Um, disrespectful. I think that's interesting to come right before oversensitive yeah and i think when it comes to oversensitive i think that's something a lot of people like to just slap on you aren't okay with what we are okay with right and i yeah fuck yeah yeah (laughs) then call me oversensitive yeah exactly yeah it is the disrespectful thing is really interesting to me because i as um a restaurant industry worker yes i was just gonna say from working in retail too yeah exactly i've dealt with so much of of the Canadian population because I have worked almost all over Canada. Yeah. So I feel like I have a pretty good consensus. Yeah. And you are the census, <laughs> frankly. <laughs> frankly, why hasn't Canada, government of Canada, come to ask me? Yeah. Rude. Um. And I do think that my generation, which is the millennial generation, is the most respectful. I agree. And I think that Gen Xers are the most impatient, if if I could so say. And I'm not here to, like, bash on other generations because I'm literally getting annoyed about the exact same thing. Yeah. But it's my personal opinion. Yeah. From years and years and years in the industry. Um, that that's just not the case. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's so interesting. So um, let's get into some myths. Okay. About millennials. Okay. I think I actually only have one myth because I got really stuck on this. Okay. <laughs> uh, so it's thought that millennials were continuing to live with their parents more than any other generation. Mm. Like longer. Yeah. This is, however, untrue because that actually peaked in the 1940s during the silent generation. And the other generation. No one knew they were home. <laughs> <laughs> the silent generation watching this is like, how dare you? <laughs> Um, other generations blame, uh, this on millennials making different social choices, such as marrying and having kids 
at like at a later time in life so they're saying that we're staying home and basically being lazy and like not wanting to get out of the house not wanting to get married and start our life and have kids However, statistics say that it's because cost of living is too expensive. So millennials either stay at home or rent longer. Furthermore, (laughs) the millennials that are living at home longer between the ages of like 18 to 35, um, they're actively enrolled in school or a full-time job. I'm pretty – I didn't write it down. I wish I had. But I think the statistic was like 6% or 12% or something like that. Something so menial um, was not – actively enrolled in school or a job yeah so it's like the other what 88 percent or whatever but we still don't have a larger percentage than what they had in 1940 no yeah yeah those Mm. people were staying at home hanging out eating their mom's chicken pot pie yeah exactly that sounds kind of nice yes i would have liked to do that yeah but instead mm -mm. here we are i was ready to see you later because i am an independent millennial so that's something i want to talk about because i do actually hear about Gen Xers and baby boomers, whoever, um, talking about why millennials are spending their money stupidly in their in their mind, right? Yeah. They're not settling down. They're not buying a house. They're not getting married, having kids. So I actually talked to somebody from the baby boomer generation. Ooh. Yes. And you got all the inside scoops. <laughs> I really, I told you, I've worked with a wide array of people. <laughs> <laughs> and they actually had a, a good kind of uh, grasp on this. I don't, I don't think that they were like millennial haters. So what they were saying about marriage and kids was in their generation, there was no other option. Yeah. I mean, there, like there the... was, right? But it was like, there was no way that you were going to go out of the societal norm and not do that. Yeah. Because you would have been like, yeah. Hate, well, like, and I think especially because like baby boomers would have come from the silent generation. Right. So those kind of like traditions probably would have been passed down of like, just fucking do it shut up and do it yeah exactly you know this is where i got the have choices thing from they were saying millennials have more choices and we're able to to make those choices yeah right like we're we're not scared to kind of change the status quo basically yeah not at all yeah and we're not we're not worried about what other somebody else is going to think if we don't own a house by 25 well, I am, but <laughs> other people aren't. Um, or like having kids or whatever. Like we're like, okay, well, if you want to look down on me, then cool. Yeah. Whereas their generations, they they, I think that there was a lot of pressure, right, to do that. Yeah, I think so because it was seen as like the obvious next step kind of thing. But I think going back to, um, you know, that like how our connection with the internet and stuff like that, I think um, – we I think that like that opened our world so much that it wasn't just like our only option was to like get married have kids buy a house because again like information is so readily available it's so easy for us to learn about new things join these new communities talk to people spread different ideas and stuff like that and I think through that a lot of people are kind of turning to more unconventional careers or untraditional careers yeah yeah I agree so that was an interesting take on it, and I do agree. I think that we are making different choices, and f- I think for an important reason. Um, so, okay, side note. Interesting that I found this out. The best way to minimize your carbon footprint is just by not having children. Yeah. Isn't that interesting? Yeah. I'm I thought that was crazy. Though. Well, but think about it, because then, like, you're just having another kid that's going to continue to have all the bad habits that we already have exactly i just thought that that was like an interesting thing it's so sad though at that oh i mean it's devastating yeah. we're gonna talk about environment another time okay. <laughs> <laughs> um but the other thing is the prices and inflation and the fact that wages have not gone up <laughs> well that's a thing like it's not I mean, in in places like Vancouver and stuff, like, frankly, like, Matt and I literally, like, ask ourselves all the time because Matt and I both earn good money, Mm -hmm. but we still fucking look at each other and we're like, how is anybody doing this? Yeah. Like, how is anybody doing this when both of us are, you know, living quite privileged and we still are like, what the fuck? Like, this is ridiculously expensive. And honestly, like, it, it gets to a point where, especially in Vancouver, it's so expensive that it's not sometimes worth actually buying a house. No. Well, and that's the thing, Sam, is that they're not. They're not yeah. doing it. They can't. Yeah. There's no way. Unless you have an inheritance or you had a job that makes you an untraditional amount of money. Yeah. You're not going to be able to buy a house. And that brought me into another interesting point is that 
Gen Xers and, and whoever are saying that we should buy outside of urbanized areas. Why are you looking to buy in Vancouver? But why we can't aren't you buy in an urbanized area? Well, <laughs> we are technically in an urbanized area here, but they're saying like buy out in the farmlands or like buy out in the boonies. And I hadn't even thought of that. Like I hadn't even thought of like having to answer that question. But when I thought about it, I'm like, how could we? What where would we work? But also the other thing is that if we want to actually talk about this, because I know the prices of houses out in the farmlands around Vancouver, still fucking nine hundred thousand dollars. Yeah. We're still not looking at anything that's like any like reasonable like it's not like it's suddenly going from being million dollar houses for very like average houses to sixty thousand dollar houses. Right. You know what I mean? Like that's not what's with the like no yeah they were i think what i mean this is also mostly about the states but if we were to move it to canada they would be saying like move to saskatchewan where the houses are like 250 grand or whatever you can find some yeah or whatever but in in those areas there's not enough jobs because they were saying that we like move to urbanized areas or they're like highly specific because like where a lot of my um relatives are from in saskatchewan it's like a super small town it's literally only my relatives there um (laughs) But they are all farmers, right? Far- the the men are farmers, the white the wiser teachers, <laughs> because like that's that's take your pick, <laughs> right? Like th- those are the options, kind of thing, and like and like you said, like we we don't want to just stick say- to the sat- status quo, yeah. Exactly. And I think some people do, and I mean those people, but I do think this is what I will say that is tricky about um, millennials is like I do think a lot of the trades are dying. Yeah, because I think a lot they're having a such a and like I know through like Matt's business, Matt works in like a more traditional business, um, and so does his family and stuff like that. But they have such a hard time finding young people because no young people are getting into trades. No. Oh, interesting. I I found so many of the people that I know went into trades, so I don't have enough like knowledge. Maybe I should research it. I mean, yeah, <laughs> that that could just be my opinion. I don't know because I I have seen a lot of um. Well, I haven't seen them, but I've heard about, like, the young people in trades, like, lots of government grants and stuff like that. That might, that might be a lie, but I feel like I've seen it a lot. Yeah. So they must be trying to, like, drum up yeah. interest, interest for young yeah. people to go into trades. Huh. That's an interesting thing. I want to research that later. Yeah. Um. Anyway, so that's my answer to that one. It's like, well, we can't move out. Where, where the frick are we going to work? I mean, that's the thing is if we're if you want us to go to school for all this shit – Okay. Well, and well, then how is, am I gonna? Yeah, school is so much more expensive. I mean, everything's so much more expensive, and and like as we know, and like I know, like your research reflects this for sure. <laughs> You've got a notebook full of freaking stats, um, but like the all of the pricing has gone up, and the wage has not. <laughs> okay, so let's talk about that. Okay, <laughs> so I'm hoping that my math is correct. Okay, because I did fail math 11 almost fucking millennials i got 50 percent. i cannot remember yeah fucking millennials how dare you can't remember my math 11 teacher's name but man thank you so much i remember mine i literally got 50 percent, and that is only because he bumped me up because he was like bitch just get out yeah. <laughs> anyway um you remember yours mrs king oh yeah she was great mrs broadhurst was the bomb too i hope that she listens to this and is like Alyssa, that was great math anyway so in 1964, this is all adjusted for inflation. Okay. P.S. So I'm talking about $2018, unless I say $2016. Okay. This is the earliest or the latest information I could get. Okay. So in 1964, the average job, average person was making 20 point, 20 point, $20.27 per hour. In 2018, the average person, average job, whatever, mean, median, mode, <laughs> those things, $22.05. Yeah. Okay. So the average where? Well, this I think that they're taking – I really don't know what they were taking. I just got the average. Okay, okay. But I think that if you put together all of the high paid and like the yeah, minimum yeah, wagers, yeah, 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 yeah. it would kind of come out in the wash as that. Um, so if you do the math on that, that's $2.38. Yeah. Difference. In 40, in over sorry, 2265. Over 50 years. 1964, yeah. That's crazy. So once I found out that that only went up $2.38 in 50 years, yeah. I was like, okay, so what can I think of that everybody would have done back then and now? Yeah. Drink a cup of coffee. <laughs> so I researched what a cup of coffee cost in 1965. 
And I came up with a web page that told me how much each president in the U.S. paid for a cup of coffee for every election year or whatever it was. Yeah. So in 1965, don't know who the president was, so sorry, not an American. Um, that president paid a dollar fifteen. For that's adjusted for inflation. Yes, okay. uh, in 2016 dollars. Okay, okay. So he paid a dollar fifteen for his cup of coffee. In 2015, Obama, Obama, uh, $2.70 on average for a cup of coffee. Mm -hmm. The difference between that is double. Yeah. Well, more than that. More. Yeah. It was, it was $1.55. Oh, I thought $1.15. Yeah. So $1.15 and $2.70. So the difference between that is $1.55. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. Oh yeah. More than double. Oh, I have it here. More than double, almost 250%. <laughs> so we're paying 250% more for a cup of coffee today Yeah. than they were in 1965. Well, I'm glad I don't fucking drink coffee. Well. Like, think of all the money I'm saving. Okay, I should have I should have researched how much they Dollars paid for a Coca-Cola. Dollars and cents. I'm saving daily. <laughs> Replace it with Coca-Cola. Oh, I'm going to buy a house with it. <laughs> <laughs> so... Wages, yeah, wages did only go up by 12%. So with that information and my amazing math skills, yeah, it is 238% harder to buy a cup of fucking coffee today <laughs> than it yeah. was in 1965. Okay, so I looked up another statistic because I was like, okay, I need to know a little bit more about this. I need to know about the housing. Yeah. I'm not just interested in coffee. Let's really get angry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So a dollar in 1965 adjusted for inflation would be $8.07 in 2019. Okay. Okay. So their dollar was basically eight times, is was worth eight times more than ours is. Yeah. If you think about goods. Yeah. So I looked up census.gov. Okay. Don't try to mess with me on this. I'll fact check you. Just kidding. Um, and I decided to pick California. Okay. So between the 60s and the 70s, uh, a house in California was $81,000. Fuck. Yeah, it must be fucking nice. Everyone who bought a house in California during that age is like, fuck you bitches. <laughs> yeah, basically. So I don't know what kind of house that is. I'm assuming, again, they took the highs, they took the lows, they put it in the middle. Yeah. Got 81000 So using the times $8 worth inflation situation yeah that house would have been worth six hundred and forty eight thousand dollars yeah at that time if they were dealing with what we're dealing with now yeah so to all those gen xers and all those whatevers they sh they need to try to imagine at that time how hard okay how hard it was number one for them to come up with eighty one thousand dollars yeah already difficult imagine coming up with six hundred and forty eight thousand dollars yeah because that's what we're having to do mm-hmm because not only are we dealing with that, like our our wages have only gone up twelve percent. Yeah. So how are we? I mean, I would like to buy a full house for six hundred forty eight thousand dollars. Actually, that sounds pretty freaking nice, but I can't mm -hmm. because even where I live now, yeah, houses are like a million. Here's a question: Do you think there's more of an expectation put on our generation versus others to have um, like continued education? After high school? Yes. So that's interesting, too, because I think that um, most people, while they're going to school, can't work full-time. Um, and because of that, I think – well, and because a lot of the jobs that are actually high-paying jobs that would allow us to be in a position to buy a house mm -hmm. require schooling. Right. Um, unless you're a YouTuber. Um, <laughs> but uh, – I mean, it, even with that, it's like you're already put so far back because you have to go to school for however many years and be paying for school, so you're already in debt by the time you come out of school. Like, it's just, you know what I mean? Didn't Bernie Sanders make a tweet recently about that? Fucking probably. Can I look that up, actually? Yeah. Bernie Sanders tweet? Um, college question mark? <laughs> okay. I found the tweet. Okay. It's loading. I'm so sorry. sorry. <laughs> okay, so Bernie Sanders posted on April 24th. This was a while ago. Oh, no. It was two days ago. 
What year is it? Millennials have no concept of time. <laughs> New myth. Yeah. Uh, so Bernie Sanders posted, the boomer generation needed just 306 hours of minimum wage work to pay for four years of public college. Fuck. Guess how many millennials need? 12 decades. 4,459 hours at minimum wage. Brutal. The economy today is rigged against people working and young people. This is what we're going to change. Okay, this is not a freaking Bernie Sanders like whatever. But <laughs> that's it. I just thought that that was interesting. Yeah. I want to see that. Hold on. What's 4459 divided by 40? Okay. And then divided by 52. You would have to work 2.14 years spending no money at all, not a cent to pay for college. Which we're all doing because we all live at home and none of us eat avocados. <laughs> <laughs> but that's crazy. Okay, what did the baby boomer generation have to do then? Thir- 306 divided by 40 divided by 52. They didn't even have to work for half a year. Not yeah. even a quarter of a year. They had to work for 0. 0.14 of a year. Wow. That's like what? Two and a half months? Three months? I do. Miss Broadhurst? Tell me. <laughs> <laughs> I do think... Did I ask you this if I think that you believe that the majority of people believe these things about millennials? Yes, you did ask that. And you think, yeah. Yes, I do. I don't know. I mean, maybe just because my parents aren't that way. Yeah, I think that you were not in the service industry for long enough. <laughs> yeah, probably. <laughs> okay, moving on. So after I raged, and I actually came downstairs and already told you how I felt about that whole housing situation because yeah. I raged about it as soon as I found out. Um... I also found out that we were called the snowflake generation. Oh, you know, I really hate that term. Yeah. So this is what people are saying as like this. This is what they mean when they say snowflake generation is that we're easily offended. Yeah. So my research is showing that the the hugely differing emotional responses between generations is a mix of over an overwhelming quantity of information and a sense of desperation. So what I mean by that is that well, kind of what you were saying is that we are the, the first generation to grow up with the internet. And so we have all of this for our entire lives. We've had this uh, like tether to the <laughs> us. We've, we've had this tether to the internet where we've been supplied with all of this information, all of the atrocities going around the world. Um, and nothing's really really changing yeah. or we feel like it's not changing fast enough whereas the generations before us they only knew what was in their city really like their direct community yeah exactly or what the news or something was so massive yeah like the news was portraying it or whatever but we have real life real time real people reporting to us things that are happening yeah so i would argue that we're not oversensitive we're just well informed and we have an opinion about it I think we're well informed and I think that we are compassionate because I think that the internet does provide a link between communities that otherwise may not communicate. Um, And I think that we're able to, yeah, basically be privy to things that you may not have if you just grew up in your small town and whatever kind of thing. Right. Um, And I think that we're able to see a lot of um, different lives and things happening and whatever from an unbiased approach whereas like if you think about you know like our parents generations and stuff like that I mean a lot of these people formed opinions based off what their parents thought Mm -hmm. and what their parents thought and what their parents thought right whereas like now I feel like we are able to kind of come to our own conclusions and maybe that's why people feel like we're sensitive is because we're not sticking by the status quo Mm -hmm. but I do think that's a good thing I agree. Um, Something interesting that I came across as well is that the people making the decisions for what we're seeing going on are not part of our generation Mm. right now. What do you mean? So when I was looking up the snowflake generation and they were saying that we're like oversensitive about all of these issues and stuff like that, (laughs) you're literally so annoyed by the snowflake. Yeah. (laughs) Um, They were saying that we're even more upset by the fact that what we're so offended by or upset by you know things like i don't know 
like what are what are some issues that you're upset by uh lack of diversity um the fact that a lot of like racial issues aren't taught in school um yeah those are things that uh, bother me so who decides whether that whether that changes not fucking me exactly well i mean yeah well yeah we can all be part of the change right but who's you know who's in congress like who's all yeah you know who's above us it's all of the people in generation x or baby this is what i think made me so mad about brexit do do you know about brexit much no i didn't research it okay so brexit was basically um the decision whether or not like to have the uk leave the eu which is a huge that's huge because Right now, or before Brexit, the people in the UK could live and travel freely within Europe. Mm-hmm. So they didn't have to do, like, the same way that we could fly domestically and, like, we don't have to have our passport with us and all that kind of stuff. You can just travel freely. That's how they could travel across all of Europe and the UK. They could live, travel, work. That's so crazy. I didn't even know that. And so then when they voted to take the UK out of the EU, that made it so that they cannot do that anymore they are just now able to live work and travel freely within the uk so which is just like france england yeah scotland ireland no france isn't part of the uk um uk is england scotland wales northern ireland um but not southern ireland guess not um so this was a huge thing. And, I mean, obviously, there were so many other things that went into this decision. Right. Um, and, like, why it was good and why it was bad and whatever, all this stuff. Um, but that, to me, was the thing that resonated the most because the the most, the majority of who voted to leave. Is this true? Hold on. I'm pretty sure I heard that as well. Were the baby boomers? Yeah. I'm pretty sure I heard that. So, just over 70% of 18 to 24-year-olds who voted in the referendum backed Remain um in contrast only 40 percent of those aged 65 and over supported remain while 60 percent placed their cross against leave and um i think the thing about that that's so frustrating is um the the majority of the people who voted to leave are not going to deal with that decision for much longer right whereas millennials for instance are going to have to deal with that for the rest of their lives Mm -hmm. i mean who knows obviously we don't know what will happen but that is what's so frustrating to me is I'm like, you made this decision for groups that are going to have to deal with that for so much longer. And I think that's, I've always kind of had not to get too into the political side of it because I don't even want to fucking scratch the surface. But that's why I think I, I struggle with people who vote explicitly for their own interest rather than for the greater good or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. And obviously other generations, you know, we're too young to know it all yet so we can't be up there in higher power yeah 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 but i think the reason that we do feel so much more strongly about it is because we are so informed we are concerning ourselves with this right we're the most educated generation i think like we also feel like we're at the mercy of people making decisions on our behalf (laughs) exactly well because we are yeah um yeah a good quote that i took as well without citing it i need to start citing my quotes people are gonna be so like pissed about it um was because we've been raised with awareness we can't pretend to be ignorant ah such a good quote that is a good quote i wish i had quoted her i'm so sorry whoever that was um something else interesting i wish that i would have segued into this a little bit better but here we go here you have it anyway (laughs) is that the term politically correct only came into mainstream use in the 1990s Mm. so before that nobody was even like this is the thing is they're saying that we're so easily offended by things, but they didn't they didn't care. Yeah. Um, maybe they would have cared if they knew better, but they didn't because this this didn't even come into be until almost the millennial generation. Yeah. Right? Like we were the we were the first people who grew up even scratching the surface of um trying to defend marginalized groups or or whatever yeah right like it's it's crazy yeah um the like the thought is that we're offended by anything and everything without being educated and i don't i don't think that that's true i think that i would urge millennials to use the technological skills and become fully informed so that we can apply our offense for reasons yeah but i think that we are using our like we we are getting offended 
and using that for action. I agree. I, th- I think that there's a very, very, very like small select handful of people that are like oversensitive, if you want to say that. But I, I think that there's, I don't even think, I wouldn't say it's oversensitive. I would just say we are sensitive, sensitive. <laughs> to, yeah. um, you know, like these very widespread issues. And I think that, um, I think it's a very positive thing, even if you may be dealing with that, like, small select few people who are, like, oversensitive about whatever, like, if you want to apply that term to, you know, them getting upset about something that may not actually upset them or whatever. Um, I think that that's overall such a positive thing because we are caring enough to, you know, have an opinion and and want to stand up for things that may not directly affect us Mm -hmm. and I think that's fantastic yeah I I only I only have issue with people who aren't informed like they're they're sensitive without having any personal opinion about it well I think um I think people who are I think I think people who take one piece of information and run with it mm-hmm. and aren't willing to yeah kind of make a more like whole informed opinion but I do believe like I do believe um <laughs> I I believe that like you can one can only be so informed oh of course so I I think that like I think that trying is fantastic I think that we want to be less ignorant is fantastic I think that we're willing to learn from our mistakes great like you know, I think all of these things are very positive, whereas I feel like kind of the opinion of the generation bef- generations before us was just kind of like, eh, this is just how it is, so yeah, whatever. Yeah. I think a huge problem is that there's this belief that emotional equals irrational. Yeah. And if you think about it, if the suffragettes were not emotional about about gender inequality we might not have the vote today yeah right they took what they felt to be wrong and they took a stance on it yeah you know they were upset by it they had an emotional response to it obviously and they they put their emotion to action yeah right i think the opinion too um going back to talking about like disrespect and stuff like that i think that that um term is like really clouded as well in that I think previous generations considered respect as not questioning people. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, when I hear a lot of people from older generations talk about, you know, certain things that maybe aren't right, they're like, well, you know, those were just the times and that's just how how they believed and what, like, and it's like they were respectful of just basically being like, I'm not going to question this. And I think that that may be why millennials are seen as disrespectful as well is because we are like, um, hold on a second here, guys. This seems a little backwards. Like, you know what I mean? And I think that it's like nobody wants to be questioned. And so they take that as disrespect. And that's interesting because back then people thought that the suffragists were just making a big stink about nothing. And then lo and behold, here I am today, a voting machine. (laughs) all i do is vote frankly (laughs) so interesting segue that you say that because in my research the gen xers feel like we are not obedient and the reason is i'm glad um, yeah um that the millennials are saying that they don't believe in blind obedience they don't believe in the hierarchy um or uh leading by fear what they were saying when they were polled, again, I don't have a source, um, was that they believed in leadership and compassion Yeah, I think is what true. was written. And I agree that. I think that it's fine to have a leader. I think that it's fine to have uh, a capable leader mm-hmm. in your industry or whatever um, because there has to be some sort of structure, I believe, Yeah, you know, or else nothing's going to get done. But what this article was saying is that back then the gen xers had to deal with like mean scary bosses and they just kind of had to suck it up and it's interesting because when i was talking to you about um kind of how i was feeling less empathetic towards people who 
were like sick at work or something because I I am chronically like in pain and sick and whatever. Yeah. That I feel like they should just suck it up in inwardly, right? Yeah. <laughs> like I'm very kind outwardly or whatever. Um, but inwardly I and I hate that part of myself, but it was true for me that I was like, Ugh, I just wish they would suck it up because I have to. Yeah. And so I can kind of see why the Gen Xers would be feeling that. Because they did have to they they felt like they had to suck it up. I can too, but I also feel like I if I was a Gen Xer, I feel like I would look at that and be, I would see the complete like danger of, of blind obedience because I don't think I would ever want to teach my kid to be blindly obedient and just say, well, if this person says it's so, you have to just, you're, you're doing it. You know, like, I don't agree with that. I don't agree that anyone should feel like they can't ask questions or they can't say why or hold on or, you know, whatever. Like, I, I think that it's, positive and very healthy to be able to ask questions and to question whatever's going on and um and to not feel like you just have to do it right you know and, I, and I'm not talking about not doing your chores I'm asking you to do your chores I don't think most fucking people are like that you know what I mean like I think that I think that there's a difference between respect and blind obedience yeah and I think those lines are very blurred mm-hmm especially for Gen X yeah, and baby boomers. Yeah, I don't, I don't agree with blind obedience either. And in, in my previous career, I was not blindly obedient, let me tell you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I just feel like I, that's the only place in my research where I did feel any sort of alignment with what was being said Yeah, on the Gen Xer side. I was like, okay, finally I can like understand even where you're coming from, Yeah, even though I don't have to agree with it. I actually noticed that um, I <laughs> eh, I struggle a lot in business dealing with like baby boomers or probably more so Gen Xers, um, especially men. I struggle a lot communicating with in business. Why do you think? Because I think what I've been met with from a lot of men from that generation is like anger if I do speak up or if I do contest something that they say. Um, and so I, I just find myself that whenever I do have to deal with like a a man from that, um, generation, and obviously this is just my experience, but I'm always met with such distaste, even if I'm not being unreasonable or I'm communicating you know very effectively and reasonably and and respectfully and all that kind of stuff it doesn't matter it's like just the fact that I'm saying an opinion that differs they're like oh we got a problem here (laughs) yeah and I I think that's so interesting and I actually had similar issues with certain people in in my industry as well Mm -hmm. in that regard I I noticed that the people that I did even enjoy working for at some times they would have – I would watch them physically hold back from cutting me off, the men, mm. I should say, um, because I think it was so inherent to them to cut me off and, and think that I didn't know better. And I will say more often than not, my ideas got passed through a whole hell of a lot more than theirs. Yeah. You know what I mean? Well, and I think that's the thing. I think that a lot of people uh, – I think a lot of younger people – and I think this is true of any ger- generation, kind of like what my dad was saying – young people in general are willing to take risks a lot of the time we are willing to kind of put forth new ideas and I think that to me I hope I never lose that quality Mm. I hope I never get to the point where I'm like well this is just how it is so that's how we're gonna do it you know what I mean like I always want to try and do something different and something that might be better and more efficient or more fun or more whatever you know like I I always want to like test the boundaries and I think that's what I really 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 struggled with in a traditional workspace is I didn't like being told like just fucking do your job right like stop trying to come up with new ways to do things stop trying to come up with like what you think might be better or different or whatever kind of thing just do it how we said to do it I didn't I never liked that because I was like but why well, and I don't think that that's a good way to run a business either. I think, I don't think that so either. any business should listen to those coming on the come up because you don't want to be a blockbuster in a world of Netflix. Ugh. Quoted by Samantha Ravindahl. Yeah, it's a good one. <laughs> that is a good one. He summed it up in one quote for me. That's exactly it. You yeah. you need to stay current. And I feel like why are we the ones that they're choosing to hate on when we're the ones making a change in the world? We're the ones... But I do think it's because it's scary. And I think it's because, like, 
I, I do think it's hard when like you were raised in such a specific way. I'm so interested to like hear my parents' thoughts on this. Yeah, unless you have anything else to say, I just have a few just interesting tidbits to cap this off. Tidbit me up. Okay. I just thought that this was like an interesting like I don't know if it's fun. Sorry to all these industries that I'm going to talk about, but that was a fun way to end it. Um, these are all the industries we're killing. <laughs> oh, excellent. Based on opinion or fact? Uh, I th- Okay. I shouldn't say fact. Okay. But it did come from like one of the Business Insider. Okay, C- okay, yeah, okay. CBC News sort of situations. Um, so napkins. Fucking good. I know. I When I read this, I was like, yes. But then I realized that we're choosing paper towel over napkins because of functionality. Oh. Yeah. But still, who, like, I've, not who cares, but like, I feel like that's a better choice than just having freaking napkins. It is interesting because I remember seeing some napkins in my home, but not really. But in my grandma's home, we, we used napkins. She uses reusable ones. But my mom's still a fan of cloth napkins. Yeah. But, um, yeah, napkins are on their way out. We're killing the napkin industry. See ya. Yeah. Um, apparently, I don't know if I agree with this one, but we are not going to university as much or colleges. Well, Mm. I, I don't know if I agree with that. I know that it's harder, but I do, I do feel like a lot of the people I know went to college. Um, but they're saying that we're learning online instead of from professors or people, which I think has pros and cons Yeah, because you, I mean, the internet is full of fake news, but, um, and ill-informed opinions. I feel like I would sooner say that it's not as much people learning online, but that it's people choosing to learn from experience. Yeah. Uh, Low fat. We're doing away with the low fat. Specifically, it said yogurt. Um, Because we're choosing uh, protein-rich foods instead of the low fat option. hmm. Because low fat, usually they would just do it with sugar yeah instead of the sugar yeah so millennials aren't eating as much low-fat food we aren't into it no we would rather take like take your diet marketing and go yeah exactly okay um golf (laughs) (laughs) talking not surprised (laughs) we're killing the industry of golf um this article said that we're more interested in new fitness crazes such as things like whoa 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 i'm sorry golf was seen as fitness (laughs) that's what they're saying yeah oh my god that's like old like leisurely fucking tell tiger woods that okay well yeah obviously he's a fucking champ but like well but he cheated on his wife so is he i don't know oh shade tiger if you're listening <laughs> my dad says tiger woods like tiger <laughs> tiger woods tiger woods where's your dad from where did he grow up porcupine plains <laughs> where is that saskatoon i think it's in ontario actually and then he moved to watrous which is in saskatchewan okay I done. Uh, apparently, gyms with terms like uh, contracts. We're we're killing out the contract because we don't want to be tied down by the man. Yeah, we prefer boutique classes, which I actually do agree with. Like, I think that we still use gyms, but I feel like we did do away with the um, like you have to be with the gym for an entire year. Or whatever, right? Like the contract gyms. I wonder if um, our generation is healthier than previous. Like like more physically inclined, crap like that, or the other way around. Yeah, I'm unsure. Because I feel like it's, there's such a health craze. Yeah, there is. in Yeah, right now. But then again, I don't know. It's yeah. An interesting thought. Anyway. Yeah, that's interesting. Nutrition sure. for a later date. Carry on. Uh, oil and gas industry. It's fantastic. Too. It is. Yes. 14% Probably of... because we can't afford it. <laughs> 14% of millennials don't want to work in the oil industry because of its bad image. Hmm. Yeah. Not... That's interesting that they pulled that out of it. Yeah. Right? Instead of, like, how detrimental it is to the world. They... But that may be the bad image. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. Um, I mean, the tar sands are really... Yeah. Not doing it for Canada. And two out of three teens say, and t- teens would be post-millennial or Generation Z, I think they're calling them, mm-hmm. um, but uh, say the oil and gas industry causes more problems than solving them. That's good. Two out of three. That's a fucking that's pretty good, good odds. Yeah. Um, I like them odds. 
Uh, that's all I have for you on the tidbits. Those are the only industries that I found that we are currently ruining. Uh, here's the five industries where most millennials are working. Oh, okay. That's interesting. Guess the first. Little fun game. Okay. Um, we're working at uh, in service, I would say. Healthcare. Oh, yeah. Number two is manufacturing. Oh, wow. I would not have guessed that. Three, retail and wholesale. Four, leisure and hospitality. Five, professional and business. Wow. That's interesting. Healthcare. I should have known that. Actually, like, I think half of our graduating class became a nurse. Oh, yeah. I thought about becoming a nurse at one point. Five industries millennials are actually saving. Ah, oh, public libraries. Oh. Um, gyms. Oh, it says millennials are the healthiest generation. From 2004 to 2013, fitness center revenue was in decline, even as memberships increased. But each one of the past few years has seen more gyms, more brands, and millennials shelling out more money for memberships. But that directly conflicts yeah. with your... See, that's, that's why I say always do your own research. Yeah. Um, the sale of athletic apparel and footwear has also seen a boost since 2012. I know that because I had stocks. Oh, you did? I remember. Um, coffee. Huh. Mm, interesting. Even though it's 238% more. Live entertainment. That's Aww. interesting, too. I think that's maybe, cool. Maybe because we're a more artsy generation. I, never, I didn't read that anywhere. I'm just guessing. <laughs> the last one that we contribute to. Snacks. <laughs> That's Sam. <laughs> we all got the hot Cheeto fix. <laughs> Sam alone is keeping the snack hey, industry. Hey, I'm trying to move past it. No, no, no. I saw you come home with 7-Eleven today. <gasps> How dare you? <laughs> but if you have no more questions about millennials or any gripes or anything, you weren't really like super passionate about the hate on millennials anyway, but I feel like you brought a lot to the table. Regardless. I mean, I think when... um. Like, when I get into a conversation about... Like, if I was going to sit down with someone and they were going to be like, here's why you're the worst, I'd be like, oh, well, sir. <laughs> like, I think, yeah. Like, and I think when I when I recall my interactions with people who clearly like to look down on many millennials, it was not a good interaction. Wasn't pretty for them? No. Yeah. But I enjoy those moments. Yeah, I actually... This is what I liked about researching this and about researching anything is I really enjoy having an appropriate adult conversation with people where I can see their side and then also try and, like, we can come to some sort of middle ground understanding. Oh, I like proving people wrong. I don't know, though, because I'm I'm not always right. Oh, I'm not always right, but I like I like when people, I like when people from older generations underestimate me mm. and I'm like, <laughs> let me tell you something. Ooh. I had so many good moments like that when I was a bar manager. Dude, yeah. They would walk in and be like, hi, I'm here to see the bar manager. And I'm like, what's up, baby? I literally would be like, yep, that's me. They'd be like, is your general manager here? And I'm like, "Uh, yeah, he is. But he actually doesn't do any of our beer ordering. So, I mean, it's up to you. What can I do for you? (laughs) Go fuck yourself. Yeah. (laughs) A lot of my favorite, like, meetings have been with older men that I can argue with. Ugh. Mm. Yeah, chef's kiss. Anyway, thank you for allowing me to, you know, do this podcast. Yeah, thanks for taking me to school on millennials situations. I mean, literally anytime. Okay, perfect. <laughs> Let's, great. Let's not do it again, though, because yeah. it's really, I don't really have any more information. Okay, okay. Then we could take a breather then for this conversation. <laughs> thank you guys so much for listening, and we appreciate your support. Thank you, guys. We'll see you next time. Bye. Spring is in the air at Littleton Coin Company, and we want to help you brighten your collection. Visit us at littletoncoin.com all month long to enjoy 15% off your purchase. With a wide selection of coins, paper money, supplies, and more, Littleton Coin Company has something for every collector's taste. Use promo code SPRING at littletoncoin.com for 15% off your purchase all month long. Restrictions apply. Littleton Coin Company. Serving collectors since 1945.